Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com for more information. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, with your fresh new haircut. Oh, I've got a fresh new haircut. Very nice. I went uh, grooming crazy over the weekend. Certainly did, because it wasn't yes. just it wasn't just a haircut you got. I was abroad. I was a good old-fashioned <laughs> no, broad no, for you, the weekend. You were a broad, not a broad as in you left oh, the country. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I was a broad, sort of a an old-fashioned New Yorker way to describe a lady. Yes. A broad. Yeah, but not, not, I don't think it's a very pleasant way of describing it. Oh, no, I just think it's like chicks or a girl or the guys. Oh, look at those bunch of broads. Hey, see the dames over there. You know, that dame seems nicer, though, than I d- broad. I never got anything broad. I don't know where broad comes from. I don't think it's the width of a woman. <laughs> I think it's... Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I don't think it's... it's Broadway? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. It's a Broadway. They sure don't like musical theatre, though, broads. They like their musicals, don't they? That's what they like to do. <laughs> hey, they're cool. You know what those women <laughs> like? They, they, they hear the musicals. They're broads. So that's Yogi now. That's Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, boo-boo. <laughs> I, uh, so I went to a spa. Yes. Yeah, I went to a spa with my lady partner, and it was really pleasant. Of course and it was. And I sat in a room with very low lighting, so I couldn't read my magazine. Like, oh, my God, I tried to read a magazine in uh, the sauna. <laughs> I don't often go to spas. <laughs> I just, um, just disintegrated before my eyes. What were you thinking? What magazine were you trying to read? Well, I, I'm going to sound like a... I'm just the New Yorker. Oh, you... Got uh, a subscription. Oh, God, you got a subscription <laughs> to the New Yorker. It rolled over. It had, like, a, a really attractive tenor, tennis shoes for $2. I was like, well, that's like 50p. So I did that. 
and then out of nowhere, a few months later, we've just charged you $150. Oh, ow, oh no. You're, you're stuck with us for the next year. And I was oh. like, well, I don't. I wish that didn't happen, but it's not the worst thing in the world because I, I do oh, enjoy their writing. I would say that was the worst thing in the world. If I all of a sudden was just like, you now have $150 less in yes, your bank account. But that's like 20 quid. <laughs> it's, it's fine anyway because the value I've received from it in just leaving copies of The New Yorker around me, I don't even have to read it, but people just see that and I think they think I'm more intelligent than i am oh, i suppose maybe well you get those benefits i guess anyway it's it's not a good magazine to read in the spa nope because it'll just <laughs> i put it down because the lighting was bad as well that was another thing couldn't really see it it was getting really damp i put it down and my lady partner walked in not like sort of a bit dizzy because of the steam room and just stepped on it with a wet <laughs> foot and it is it's like it was it's going done. to get destroyed yeah. leaving it on the floor anyway yeah, because yeah, you're leaving yeah. it in a, in a steam room but yeah it was really nice we had we had all the oh we had a, a back massage and she asked me how hard I want to go and I was like well let's let's go as hard as you can and if I scream you, you, you dial it back we'll work our way backwards yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and she did it and I thought you know, because I, I thought I could, it would be fine. And I thought, more appropriately, I would be fine with saying, go a bit less. Mm-hmm. But she was the most attractive masseuse there. <laughs> right. And when it did start to get too much, I didn't want to seem like less of a oh, man. Oliver I said, oh, can you not, you know, put your entire body weight on me through your elbow? Oh, even the thought So of that. I just, I just stuck with it and uh, did a lot of heavy exhaling. <laughs> Each that yes, yeah, she did this thing where it would start off nice, thumbs at the bottom, but then she'd like push through with the elbow oh, up bro. the bumps of my spine. Uh, yeah, but it was good. It was really nice. Yeah. Certainly feel loose the next day. How about your weekend, buddy? Uh, well, listeners to the podcast on Saturday will have heard that I was going on a treasure hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. Around, I mean, I think I might have said it was around an abandoned sub, an abandoned underground station. It, I don't know where I'd read that. I don't know where I got that impression from because it wasn't that at all. <laughs> it was a treasure hunt around the underground. Mm. So uh, it's kind of set up in conjunction with TFL Transport for London, and we met at Green Park, and then we were kind of like given this this sheet with all of these clues of stations we had to go to and take photographic evidence of us being there. And God, so you must f- have been freezing. No, it's all right. It was fine. On by, by Saturday, the, the weather was actually all oh, right. Wow. And you're, kind of, you're running around a lot and mm. you're underground, you're on the tube quite a bit. So you're in, you don't really leave zone one. Um, and there were these things like so we had to go to King's Cross and we had to find little bits of like little trinkets things around King's Cross like take photos of the um, uh, the, the piano they've got there signed by Elton sure. John you know the announcement of them launching the uh, the Elizabeth line you know and all that sort of stuff so it was actually it was, it was really good fun and we, we we had a really good time it was me uh, my wife my brother and his girlfriend running around trying to solve these clues and we came fifth out of 20 teams oh I didn't know so you all started at the same time? Yes. Oh, wow. So all these teams started at the same time. There was 20 teams competing. We came fifth out of those 20 teams. Should have been third. Mm. So one of the clues that we got was, uh, it was like called Lost in Translation. And it was like, you will be carpeted if you don't, if you don't see this French thing that's available on every tube. 
And so we were like, huh, huh. We looked up, we translated what... Carpeted. Yeah, we translated what carpeted was in French because those yeah. were both underlined. And it was moquette. And we were like, well, okay, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Mm. So we sort of, you know, we just carried on. And then we were on the tube and um, on the Piccadilly line. And my, my wife said, like, oh, I wonder if it's like, is it anything to do with the seats? Because they're on every tube. And we were like, oh, the fabric. And she was like, yeah. I was like... I don't know. And then my brother said, like, no, I'm pretty sure that was a British designer that did all this. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, let's just take a picture of it anyway. Let's just do it. So we took a, took a photo of it and really thought nothing of it. And then, like, two minutes later, my wife's like, oh, I've got it. It's the Metro. The Metro is a free newspaper that gets handed out at every oh, underground station. Oh, the Metro. Exactly. It's a very French thing. So we found, okay, cool. So we took a photo of a Metro stand. Had to be a close-up picture. So I got a close-up mm-hmm. picture of the Metro stand. And we went on our way. Very, very enjoyable. And then as we were coming, going back towards Green Parks, we were going to meet in this little like cafe uh, slash pub. I, um, I was like, oh, I don't really know how they're going to do the prize giving and I don't really know how they're going to do the announcements or the scoring. But because we've had to take photos, I would have thought they would just scroll through the photos that you've taken and then sort of mark them off as you go. As such, I don't want any photos of here of random things because then it just looks you just taking a photo of anything. You don't want to be cheating. Yeah. So I deleted the photo of the seat because we don't because uh. I don't need that one because it's the metro. We know that now. Mm. And then when we got there, my wife had gone to get drinks and we'd sort of queued up to get our uh, thing. Turns out you actually mark with another team, um, and so it didn't really matter too much. And then we saw the scoring sheet and it was like it was the seat cover, and I went, oh. And, and, my, oh, Luke. and then my wife saw that and was like yes because we took a photo of that oh, and that's worth no. 50 points and then I had to go like oh yeah no, but I, I deleted that photo and then bearing in mind <laughs> we're in quite <laughs> mind we're in a crowded pub you hadn't explained your thinking <laughs> process behind I this I hadn't yeah and you I was just did it by yourself and I was so flustered and I hadn't I hadn't told oh, anyone Luke. that I deleted the photo oh Luke <laughs> <laughs> and, um, friend of mine, we're in this pr- this crowded pub, and we're with two strangers that we just met thirty seconds ago because they, we're marking their papers and they're marking ours. And my wife said, "Not these exact words, but you get the inflection." Oh, you total twit! You absolute total twit! Because mm. my girlfriend, or my wife, is very competitive. She got very angry that I d- deleted that photo. And then I was mm. like, "I was like, that's okay because all phones have a deleted folder." So I'll just go into the the mm. re- like recently deleted folder. That's only on Apple devices. It's oh, not dude. on Samsung ones. So that photo had been lost to the sands of time. So we lost fifty points, and in that we then only came th- well, we came fifth when we should have come third. However, I personally came third. How? Because one of the tasks is you had to find your twin on the tube. So it's like if you find someone mm. who looks like you or looks like one of your teammates, take a photo with them and the, the hunt mm. master will score that out of a possible 50 points. And I got 47 points for, for the twin that I've I seen found. Him, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, you saw it on your Twitter. Look it's how... It's got the same code as you. It's got the exact same code. We're both wearing a scarf. We've both got ginger beards. Yeah. We've both got like sweeped over hair. Definitely from neck down you look similar. Oh, absolutely. He's much yeah. he's much broader than I am. He's much a broader yeah. than, than I am. Broad. Uh so it was really good fun that we went out to Leicester Square. We found this little um place that's a wonderful vegan food and it was just a really really nice time although i will say i will highly recommend it if you google it in leicester square it's literally just it's basically opposite the m&m store awesome the lego store um well no the m&m store m&m world yeah i was making a joke but opposite the m&m world is uh is is the lego store oh i see i see sorry man sorry Sorry. man that was that was a very vague joke (laughs) i do apologize um 
But I will say, if you go in there, be wary when you order wine. Because the idea is that you just put your food on and you pay by the weight of your plate. So it's like a, it's a buffet. Mm. And I had this wonderful like chickpea curry and I had this like Mexican bean stew with some rice and these awesome mashed potatoes. And I got like some little bits of extras and I popped it on there and it said £8.10. And I was like, that seems like very good value. I'm, you know, this is central London. I was like, I'm very, very pleased with that. And then I thought, well, should we get a bottle of wine for the for the table? So we bought a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he said, I was like, okay, that'll be £36 in total. And I was like, huh. Maybe I just read the thing wrong. Maybe I read the, the sign thing wrong. Paid my card, and then I went and sat down. And then my wife bought a bottle of wine afterwards, and she said, sure, there's a bottle of wine, it's 28 quid. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. So my my meal was eight pounds, but the wine was 26 pounds. Hey, that's fancy wine. It wasn't. It was perfectly fine wine, but it was not 26 pounds worth of wine. You've got to get that mark up in vegan, vegan <laughs> restaurants somehow. They're, they're probably making zero money on that food. <laughs> so let's get on with uh, something else else that Luke might have lost or came not first place in (laughs) fantasy booking warfare. So I'm going to start off mine with an apology because it's kind of like bringing back CM Punk. CM Punk Returns is a way to automatically win, really. Roman's turning heel in my one. Oh. Which is, so let's let's just get that out of the way. It's happening, but I think this is the best way to build Braun Strowman as his first Universal title win. So. I I may as well not go. WrestleMania. Braun uh, pins Miz in an Intercontinental Championship four-way with Rollins and Balor in there as well to start off this momentum. So Braun Strowman is your Intercontinental Champion coming out of WrestleMania. Roman Reigns in the main event sort of Brock Lesnar, the big show style, Paul Heyman sides with Reigns, Reigns turns heel, beats Brock for the title, who leaves the company. I'm sorry. <laughs> Raw after Mania the following night, so this is the next night on Raw, Heyman says that Reigns has done everything to reach the top, and every time he gets there, he is knocked back down again, whether it be by Seth Rollins, whether it be by the authority. The hard part isn't the revolution it's staying in power and keeping it afterwards and more importantly keeping that power within the family Mm. bringing back a faction from quite a while ago he then puts out a call to all the brands who want to do better in wwe don't worry if you're on smackdown because the family will have a word i'm getting kind of a main event mafia vibe from the TNA faction. So as they leave on this Raw After Mania show, Braun passes them like ships in the night. Roman doesn't back down. Roman squares off to him. Braun, Bludgeon Brothers style, just walks ahead, eyes fixed to the ring for his squash match next. And Heyman sort of ushers Roman, Roman away, saying, no, 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 you know, he's not worth it, as uh, Paul Heyman does so brilliantly. So now the next pay-per-view is Backlash, as it always is. So... Uh, Braun Strowman eventually has a rematch with Miz on an episode of Raw for the Intercontinental title. Braun loses, but via countout. So the Intercontinental title doesn't change hands. This is because the Miz to Raj keep on getting involved. So Braun chases them off into the crowd. And Miz afterwards is screaming on the mic like, you know, I want a fair rematch being a real two-faced hypocritical heel here. I want a fair rematch where Braun can't just cheat and run away and get a count-out loss like a coward. Of course, Braun isn't a coward. Miz is the coward. Braun, incensed by this, looking at Miz, just destroys Dallas and Axel, writes them off TV, uh, and then he chases Miz off. Later on, this is in the the weeks between the pay-per-views, the Usos 
join the family. They're one of the people. And Miz, now without his Miz Taraj, he also joins the family. But Reigns and the Usos are always kind of making sly digs at him. Various other heels try and get into the family, and the family entertains it for a bit, uh, but they will ultimately just squash these other heels, uh, just to sort of dominate... Uh, put over their dominance and kind of bullying nature on Raw. Uh, and they also all travel around in Roman's luxury tour bus. This is the family. They've got the money. And this is like where all their backstage interviews are filmed. So it really gives it a different vibe. And they force Angle to give the Miz, because Miz is in the family, to give him an intercontinental title rematch against Strowman with a fool's count anywhere stipulation. <coughs> This is, that they argue it's because, well, Braun went into the crowd last time, but really, it's so they can all get involved. Miz is concerned about Strowman, but Reigns tells him to just trust in the family. So, Backlash, Intercontinental title match, it's Strowman versus The Miz, Falls Count Anywhere. Strowman loses the Intercontinental title belt because of the family, and more specifically, their latest member, Samoa Joe. There is a theme here, and Miz is the odd one out, yet he's the one with the IC belt. The next night on uh, on Raw, they're celebrating, the family are in the ring doing their sort of shtick, and Reigns introduces Joe as a made man. He's a made man, he's in the family now. Heyman says these aren't just good guys or bad guys, they're THE guys. But Reigns just has an idea, it just popped into his head. Miz should defend his intercontinental title right now. Uh, and that apparently, before he's already made this match, actually, he bullied Angle into booking Joe versus Miz. So Joe is going to take on the Miz. Miz is like, what? Miz is in his suit. Joe's in his suit. Joe just chokes Miz out. They get the referee down, and Joe wins the intercontinental title. Just like that the next night. This is just... The bullies are out of control. Miz, is kind of, Miz now goes off the SmackDown with his tail between his legs. So he's written out, really. Um, Angle starts to try and enlist Braun's help to overthrow the family, saying they've just run him roughshod on Raw. But Braun just wants his Intercontinental title. You know, he, he's not in it to help Angle or for the greater good of Raw. He just wants that Intercontinental title back and to smash some skulls in. So Kurt books Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe in a match at Money in the Bank for the Intercontinental title. And the family are trying to get out of this. They're bullying Angle, including some tense Joe and Angle stare-downs, recalling the Impact feud of old. And they, so, and they, the stipulation they get is that Joe and Braun aren't allowed to touch each other before the actual match. Which, you know, really benefits Joe because Braun can't touch Joe, but all of the family members can touch Braun. <clears throat> so that's the, that's the, the thinking there. So we've got the, mon the Money in the Bank Intercontinental title match. Braun and Joe have a heavy-hitting, heavyweight slogfest, just taking lumps out of each other. Heyman's interfering lots at ringside. And then 10 minutes in, there's a table set up between the ring and the, and the entrance ramp. And Strowman's being beaten down on the other side of the ring. But then Braun, in a last-ditch effort whips Joe across the ring with such force. You know that old uh, Irish whip where you sort of fall down, you put so much force into it, that Samoa Joe hits the ropes. The ropes don't snap, but they come off the ring, and Joe goes through the table. This is your, oh my God, brawn moment. 
Uh, I don't think it's ever happened, having the ropes break like that. And the referee falls to the outside. So this is where uh, Braun then carries Joe back into the ring. But there's no referee. The Usos jump him. There's a brief beatdown. But Braun comes back. He turns round into a brass knuckle Superman punch. This is the, the family's ultimate weapon right here. Uh, and Heyman puts Joe's arm on Braun. Ref comes in to count the pin. Joe retains. Next night on Raw, this is the build to the extreme rules now. Braun is just furious, and he wants Reigns more than more than anything. And he's shouting at Kurt. And Kurt says, look, if you want Roman and that title, you need to overthrow the family. But it's just insane how much power they have here on Raw. And Roman wants nothing to... But Roman wants nothing to do with Strowman. So... Angle says, in exchange, I will put my job on the line. And Paul Heyman's kind of like, you should take this because I could take Angle's job if uh, he gets it. Angle puts his job on the line for that Braun title shot. Because Kurt sees this is the only way for Raw to uh, get out from underneath the family. So this all becomes Angle and Strowman as a team. This is your Extreme Rules main event. Angle and Strowman versus Joe and Reigns tag match. The Raw general manager and Braun versus the Intercontinental Champion and Universal Champion. Remember, these are dual-branded pay-per-views now, so you don't really need to separate the... If, if anything, it's going to be better for our bottoms for these to be shorter shows. So the stipulation here is if Braun or Angle are pinned, that means Angle loses his job. So Angle's put loads on the line. But the other way, Braun, whoever he pins, so it has to be Braun doing the pinning, which makes it harder for the babyfaces to win anyway. If he pins Joe, he gets a shot at the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. If he pins Roman, he gets a shot at the Universal title. So it's it's so Roman really is at least risk here. The idea is Joe would come in and take the fall if needs be. But um Extreme Rules, Braun manages to pin Roman to set up that SummerSlam title match and Kurt spins off into a Samoa Joe intercontinental title feud. That's a bit mouth-watering, isn't it? So here's the SummerSlam build. <coughs> so uh, I haven't done the whole thing because we've got a time limit now. But two weeks out, uh, the opening family promo of Raw, you know, they're all, we're such good heels, we've beaten all these people. Oh, but who's that on the Titantron? It's Braun driving something. It's the tour bus. It's the family's super expensive luxury tour bus. And throughout the night, it's Braun driving it around. You know, segments cutting from the live feed like Stone Cold Bits of Old. And he is intentionally driving this thing bad. He is knocking over bins. He is crash like crashing into the sides of cars. Roman and the family are just going crazy in the ring. Like, you know falling over and taking bumps from out of nowhere and just i mean you don't have to do these things just put down a few ideas in the cuts back to him throughout the night strowman's got some livestock in there just <laughs> some coats and some chickens another time he cuts back he's singing along to the radio we know he's got a great voice uh but then maybe he's going through the family's stuff in the tour bus some embarrassing underwear i don't know there's loads of stuff you can do there but the final segment of the show is a Roman Reigns match. Maybe let's just say it's against Rollins. And it's interrupted by the Titan Tron. Braun is now at a sort of Grand Canyon like place. And the, <laughs> the tour bus, the tour bus is just sitting there on the cliff edge. 
and Braun's like, you know, now I'm going to destroy something you love. And he pushes the tour bus off the cliff and it explodes with proper big explosions underneath. It doesn't just fall and clatter. It properly explodes. And the family are going crazy. Roman's going crazy. Rollins gets the surprise roll-up win. Now on the go-home show, uh, the family have locked... Braun Strowman up somehow backstage with some chains. Uso's penitentiary gimmick. Uh, while they destroy Kurt in the ring. This is your hot go-home angle for SummerSlam that Sunday. Brass knuckles, Superman punches and everything. Angle's getting blooded up because, of course, he has the Samoa Joe match at SummerSlam too. Braun bursts out of his uh, chains, though. The family is scared, but Roman stays in the ring. You don't want to book Roman as a chicken S-word. He's going to stay like stand out. I'm going to fight you, Braun. <coughs> Braun comes down and they, they have a bit of a scuffle. Then Strowman goes face to face with Roman. The family come back in and all stand side by side at Romino, that beautiful hard cam shot where the ring split in two. A, a, a blooded angle stands back up and stands by Strowman. And then it just a huge brawl starts. Locker room emptied, security guards, loads of baby faces who want to get their own back on the family. They're all out there. Let's see what happens this Sunday at SummerSlam. That's how Raw goes off air. At SummerSlam, Joe wins, choking out Angle. So Angle is sent to a local medical facility. Braun's got one man down. The Usos win as well. They still hold the, the tag team championships or, I don't know, whatever they've got. So all of the family are still in the building for the main event. But after some shenanigans, the referee banishes them from ringside. So for a moment, you've got Braun and Roman just in a singles match, having a spot-filled match because that's Braun's strength through announcers' tables, brawling through the crowd. But then at various points, the Usos run back in, Joe runs back in and and, uh, sort of takes out Strowman. There is a ref bump. Heyman throws Roman the brass knuckles on the outside. But then, this is all in the crowd, from out of nowhere, a hooded Brock Lesnar comes back and takes out Reigns. So, and then uh, he takes out Joe and the Usos too. That's all Braun was there for. And he, you know, he leaves to build up some stuff later on. And then Braun drags Roman back into the ring. He rolls Roman into the ring. But by the time Braun's back in the ring, Roman's up, hits him with a spear. But Braun hops right back up as Roman's celebrating, hits a running power slam. It's a double down. The crowd are going crazy now. And then they get up. Yay, boo, yay, boo. Eventually, Roman, Superman punch. Braun just stands there, screams back in Roman's face and picks up Roman, running power slams keeps hold of the arm, picks him back up again, running power slam, picks him back up again, third running power slam, win! Braun Strowman is your new Universal Champion. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to our monthly Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past as voted for by Patreon backers. Last month, it was the terrific No Way Out 2004, and if you pledge, you'll be able to hear our back catalogue of episodes, including Wrestle Kingdom 10, Halloween Havoc 1998, and Armageddon 2000, to name but a few. The poll for this month's episode is now open, and it's WrestleMania heavy 
including Manias 3, 9, 14, 25, 26, and 27, as well as WCW's final pay-per-view Greed, Progress Chapter 1, and ROH's 11th anniversary show. The poll closes this weekend, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, I suppose I've got to go now. Um, so I've uh, taken a bit of a different tact with yours. Um, and actually, taking an angle I thought you were going to take, um, but here we go. So, it is uh, after WrestleMania, Roman obviously uh, wins the Universal Championship. Bray Wyatt loses to Matt Hardy, again, um, due to the uh, return of Brother Nero and sort of like the reunion of the Hardy Boys. And Braun is screwed out of the Intercontinental Championship. So, basically, after, in the sort of the four weeks between uh, Mania and Backlash, Bray hasn't been seen on TV, and uh, and neither um, neither has Braun. Uh, Braun's just hasn't been around. He's just been st- off stewing somewhere else, I suppose. And Roman starts a brand new feud with Seth Rollins, who wants his shot at the Universal Championship. At Backlash, Braun returns during the main event and ruins Roman versus Seth, running power slams, destroying people at ringside, doing his usual Braun nonsense. Okay, so now we're actually starting in the build to Braun winning the Universal Championship. So Kurt Angle announces on Raw that despite their injuries suffered the night before, Roman and Seth will finish their main event of Backlash here tonight on Monday Night Raw. So at the main event, Seth comes out doing his usual Seth Rollins, introdu- uh, Seth Rollins entrance, but who should attack him from behind but Braun Strowman once again, who just runs out from the back and starts beating down Seth. Roman comes out to try and stop him, but also gets destroyed 
destroyed by uh, Braun Strowman. Both Seth and Roman try to attack Braun, but he fights both of them off and he lays them out with power slams in the middle of the ring. Angle comes out with security trying to stop Braun, but he beats up the security guards and tosses them hither and yonder, all the while screaming, I want my title shot. He walks up to the announcer's desk and he takes that out too, Angle screaming for him to stop. The next week, Braun is barred from the building. Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon have just said we can't have Braun come into this building. We need to have this Roman versus Seth main event, which they do and Roman wins, LOL. But at the start of the show, Angle is actually backstage with Stephanie and Stephanie tells him that, you know, if Braun's going to be showing up, I'm not going to be here. I'm too afraid to come to work. I've had complaints from wrestlers who are also afraid of an unsafe work, unsafe work environment. We've got to get this guy under control. We can't just have him coming in here, ruining matches, destroying announcers' tables, frightening poor Michael Cole. Like, we've got to, we've got to get him under control. And Kurt Angle says, it's okay. I've got a plan, but I need to go and speak to someone. And then throughout the week, uh, Angle posts up video clips of him on Twitter of him sort of like traipsing through these woods saying that I'm, I'm on my way to speak to the person I'm trying to find with the final video um, with a shot of the sign that says Wyatt's compound this way week three um, secure the there are security guards outside the building waiting for Braun to show up because Braun's not barred from the building this week you can't keep that up he's a paid employee he's got to go to work he's got to make his he's got to make a living uh, but Braun obviously storms his way into the building because he's Braun Strowman and that's what he does looking once again to destroy Roman Reigns and gets his hands on the Universal Championship uh, Roman comes out and he puts the belt down in front of him Roman obviously hearing that Braun he just storms down to the ring puts the belt in front of him he's like grabs the microphone and says Braun if you want to get the title shot you've got to come and take it from me. So Braun makes his way to the ring, fire in his eyes, full of piss and vinegar, dragging the body of Seth Rollins, who he had beaten up off screen, just dragging him by the leg and just leaves the carcass down and just points to him and says, this is what's going to happen to you, Roman. You make the challenge. This is what's going to happen. So Braun gets into the ring and he lays out Roman with power slams. But before he hits them, we get the blup sound effect. The lights come back up and Bray Wyatt has returned to Raw and he's in the ring with Braun Strowman. Strowman goes for him, but Bray just stands tall and puts his hand up to stop him. I'm almost thinking like Chris Pratt in uh, Jurassic World. Just like, uh, you know, sort of puts it under, but gets him under almost his control. And Braun just stops and sort of stares at Bray, a little bit confused, like a, you know, like a big dumb giant that he is. Just a little bit confused by him. This is the man who brought him into the WWE. And Bray, from his jacket, reaches in and he pulls out the sheet mask. Braun, confused, takes the mask off of him. Raw goes off the air. Week four, Bray Wyatt cuts a promo from the Wyatt compound, and he reveals that well, after he lost the Great War, he needed to refind himself. He needed to go back to the Wyatt compound. And uh, when he got there, what he found was that there were souls waiting for him there. There were people who had been waiting for Bray Wyatt to return. People need me, he screams. He reveals that Kurt Angle has made a deal with the devil. He knew that only one man could contain this monster, and that man is me. Uh, so he said, people need me, Braun needs me. And he reveals that part of this deal to tame the monster is that Braun gets his Universal Championship shot. Um, but Bray says that we're not going to get it now. We're going to get it when the time is right. 
So over the next month, we actually don't see Braun or Bray on TV. We just see vignettes from the compound of Bray doing his preacher gimmick once again, right? So getting rid of all of the magic shtick and just going back to being the Bray Wyatt that we fell in love with in NXT, where he's just preaching to people and people are listening to him. And in that group of people listening is Braun Strowman. He's just sitting there and he's just got this glass-eyed vacant expression, just staring at Bray completely under his spell. So now we're in the build to SummerSlam. Uh, and the Hardy Boys come out and they cut one of their, you know, wacky promos. And they issue an open challenge to any tag team that they think that they can beat their broken brilliance or whatever it is. Blah! Bray and Wyatt come to the ring and the match is on. Bray isn't on the apron, however. He just stands at ringside barking orders at Strowman. And being that he's Braun Strowman, he flattens both the Hardy Boys and pins them both at the same time. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt are now the Raw Tag Team Champions. And after the match, Bray says that he had his revenge for the Great War, but his monster doesn't just want these belts, he wants to get the Universal Championship, and he's going to have that match at SummerSlam. Later in the night, Roman Reigns bursts into Kurt Angle's office and says that Strowman has to pay for what he did to the Hardys, for what he's done to Seth, for what he's done to everyone on Raw since he's been here, and he will defend his Universal Championship at SummerSlam against Braun Strowman. Bray Wyatt promised that Braun would win, and win he does. Braun destroys Roman. Bra Roman gets a little bit of offense in, but not a lot. This is very. This is almost Brock Lesnar, John Cena, SummerSlam, just just running straight through him, hither and yonder. Power slams galore. Braun Strowman wins the Universal Championship. Uh, with again Bray Wyatt at ringside screaming instructions. Uh, so Braun hits the power slam four times and he wins. But as Jojo is announcing the winner, Bray Wyatt grabs the microphone and title and announces that the new Universal Champion is Bray Wyatt. I own the monster, I own the championship. So the gimmick is that Bray is just, he claims to be the Universal Championship, but Braun does all the fighting for him. So Braun is recognized as the champion, but in Bray's mind, he's the Universal Champion and Braun is just his weapon of destruction. So around all of his matches, Bray is at ringside clutching the belts like it's his precious, like it really means, it means everything to him to hold this belt. And every time that Strowman wins, Bray gets into the ring and he poses with the belt. And when he cuts his promos about being unstoppable, no one can out, and he cuts promos about how he's unstoppable and no one can outsmart him. But every time he holds the belt up to pose, Braun just looks at the, looks at the belt and always looks at Bray hinting that this is not a, a situation that's going to last forever. So now we're in the Build to Survivor series. So the first build of, uh, for the first week in the Build to Survivor series, that um, Seth Rollins sets himself up as the new challenger to Bray slash Braun, looking to get revenge for what happened to him earlier in the year. Rollins says that he, that, you know, Bray thinks that no one can outsmart him, but he didn't factor in the architect. So during a match where Braun Strowman is, de you know, just destroying a jobber as Braun is wont to do, Seth Rollins jumps the barricade and knocks Bray Wyatt down. And he grabs the Universal Championship and he throws it into the ring and he runs up the ramp. So Braun turns around and picks up the title, thinking that it was Bray that threw the title in for him to use. But as he picks it up, he just stares at it. And it almost feels like a, that little bit of like that Bray Wyatt manipulation is starting to wear off. And it's just like, as soon as he picks up that belt, he's like, no, I'm the champion. And I'm, I'm being used here. Um, uh, but as he's still staring at it, this jobber, seeing his opportunity, tries to get a little attack in on Braun. That doesn't really work out for him. Braun, you know, kills the jobber, as he likes to do. Um, and that's, that's, you know, as the jobber attacks, and that's sort of like 
gets Braun back into his trance and back into his killing mode. Braun power slams the jobber and he pins him. Uh, Bray gets into the ring and he grabs the belt back off of uh, uh, Braun from there and he clutches it to him against, you know, you know staring it tight, holding it tightly. And Braun is staring a hole through him. And Seth is on the ramp, just pointing to his head, saying, that, I am, I will outsmart you, Bray Wyatt. Week two, Bray's in the ring with Braun, back in the mask. Bray, you know, Braun is back in the mask, and he's cutting a promo on Seth. And he talks about how he thinks Seth Rollins can outsmart him. Look again, the monster is back under my control, and so is the Universal Championship. Uh, but as he's talking, the, uh, the Titan Tron comes on, and it's Seth. Seth doesn't say anything. He just does a little chuckle to himself, and once again, taps his forehead to say, mate, I've, I've got you here. And then a video plays of Braun destroying his opponents. And every time it shows like a video, a clip of Braun power slamming someone, it cuts to Bray Wyatt holding the championship. And it's just Seth's little subtle way of trying, trying to get through to Braun. And when the light comes back on in the arena, Braun has taken his mask off and he's staring at Bray and he's staring at the title. And Wyatt is shouting at Braun to stop and you know, trying to get him back under his control. And he's you know, holding his hand, hand up to try and get him back under his spell. Uh, Braun stops and he thinks, and in that moment, the glassy-eyed comes back, the vacant stare comes back on, and he puts the mask back on, and Bray laughs, and he grabs his title, and he celebrates, and uh, Braun just, you know, as he's uh, Bray's celebrating, he just slightly tilts his head a little bit, Jason Voorhees style, you know, saying that, hmm, I don't think that, uh, I, I, I don't think I'm fully under this spell just now. And then we are week three of this build. Bray and Braun are defending their tag team championships against Balor Club. And during the match, Seth again hops the guardrail. Because remember, Bray doesn't actually fight in any of these matches. Bray just stands there at ringside holding the championship belt. So Seth hops the rail again and he clocks Bray hard in the side of their head. And just sort of knocks him a little bit loopy. Just completely knocks him to the floor. And then he uh, grabs, uh, grabs Bray and he rolls him inside the ring. And a groggy Bray just sort of gets to his feet. Doesn't really know where he is. And that's sort of like in... Uh, ring instance, uh, ring instinct. He just sort of gets out of the ring and grabs the tag rope because that's what he thinks he's meant to be doing. And Braun, as he goes into charges into the corner, Bray just groggily tags him. Doesn't re he's not really thinking about what he's doing. He's you know more or less knocked out. Bray is in the ring for the first time since WrestleMania as an in-ring competitor. Um, Braun. Uh, Sorry, I by where I am. Uh, Bray, uh, Braun jumps off the apron. Balor Club hit the Magic Killer, and they win the Tag Team Champions Championships. Uh, Braun gets back into the ring, and he picks up Bray. He picks up his mentor, trying to like almost console him. Uh, White regains himself and realizes what has just happened. He grabs a microphone, and he shouts to Seth, who's still on the ramp. White says, you can't outsmart me. I control the monster. I control the stupid beast. He's mine. You can't outsmart me. And Rollins gets a microphone, and he shouts back about the Universal Championship match. You know, He says, like, hey. You know, if we want to settle this, let's do this for the Universal Championship. And Wyatt asks him if you've ever danced with the devil in the pale blue in the pale moonlight, and then he shouts, "I challenge you to you to a Universal Championship match." And Rollins chuckles, taps his head, and says, "Well, here's the thing, Bray. I'm not the champion. Braun is." And uh, Bray suddenly realizes what he's done. He has been outsmarted. Braun just picks up Bray, power slams him, kills him all several times. The spell has finally been broken, and he will face uh, Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series for his Universal Championship. And when he wins, he will finally be the Universal Champion. So yeah, I mean, oh. it's it's not in this. Uh, I, I kind of said this on the YouTube video as well, but man, I was not feeling confident about that. And then when I, you started your story, I was like, 
man, stick a fork in me. I think I'm done already. What well, from the from the Roman from Reigns the, I, heel turn? It's not just the it's not just the heel turn. It's putting him with Paul Heyman. It's it's that Big Show turn mm. from Survivor Series whenever it. I think it was Survivor Series whenever it was, and I was like, damn, it's the this family is a faction. I love a faction. It was the return of Brock Lesnar. I was like, mm. oh, dearie. You mate. physically recoiled at me when, you, <laughs> when I said that bit. I mean, I I think the best thing of the whole bit was the the tour bus. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That was my favorite bit of that. I pretty of the much whole... started from the tour bus and worked backwards. Who could have a tour bus? Yeah. It was when you, you brought back the DX Express. And I was yes. like, this is what this is what WWE needs right now. It's tour bus. And I love this idea of them doing all of their interviews from mm. this tour bus, just making them look like utter knobs <laughs> just like complete dicks who hang out in their tour bus away from everyone else no, I, I really like that sort of that mafioso uh, style mm. gimmick you you love doing a faction I uh, do the- love it well I think that's a very effective way to tell stories especially if they're a heel mm-hmm. uh, and you can have a sort of dominance because oh man but I so I do like my fantasy booking but I am well aware that I turned Roman Reigns heel, mm-hmm. which is like the one of the two things we said we can't do. <laughs> we can't bring back CM Punk, and we can't bring back. We can't make Reigns a heel. And you had uh, you got Angle as like a like a regular wrestler. Like, no, only at pay per views. Even so, he like, only did uh, Money in the Bank got, and SummerSlam, which are big fives. Well, I was going to say it's the big five. So yeah, maybe that is a way around that. I actually don't know who competed at Extreme Rules in my one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but originally. It was so weird. Samoa Joe was not in my faction. I was going to call up Walter. No oh, right. Uh, yeah, and he was going to be because I thought the rope, the the rope spot where the ropes break. Mm-hmm. I th- I dreamt that up with Braun and Walter because I thought they're both such big guys. If you're not familiar with Walter, listeners, he is a huge Austrian dude mm-hmm. who can wrestle really quite well. And he's rumoured to be having a <clears throat> WWE contract offered to him. Uh, mm. Him and Keith Lee are uh, the, the two rumoured names at the moment. Yeah, so I thought that I mean, it was just like big foreign heel uh, against Braun Strowman. Really big heavyweight match and then that... Because I don't think the, the ropes breaking works as well with Samoa Joe. Because he's not as big. No, I think you can get away with this. But imagine old Walter, Walter and Braun yeah. Strowman. That is huge. Yeah, there's no one re- of a similar size. That's a really nice spot. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I, was, I was a big fan of yours. Obviously getting the Usos across to, to Raw and getting them on. Although you just sort of said, like, they're the tag champs. But that was obviously... I didn't really book that. <laughs> there are a few... Like, I spent a lot of time on The Miz going to SmackDown and having his own, like... You know, he'd be a bully there, but... Anyone could just say, yeah, but you've just run over here because you're scared of the family and right. crumble. But then I thought, this isn't about The Miz. Why am I spending so much time on justifying what The Miz does after this? So I had to scrapple that. There was another weird bit where Triple H was the like the head honcho. And I thought, well, it's always about Triple H. Well, I nearly had Triple H as yeah. mine because I was going to play off Survivor Series from last year. Yes, exactly. And I was going to have this sort of like almost that Braun becomes the weapon of the authority. That mm. was kind of what I was. I was my original angle that I was taking it on. And then I thought, actually, this makes more sense if it's Bray, because because you know Bray brought uh, brought him into the, into the WWE, so maybe it kind of makes more sense to go back to that. Also, I can get rid of the magic nonsense from Bray, oh, God, possibly yeah. give give him a better year, and you know put him into a, a major program again. Maybe that could like help just rejuvenate mm. Bray because he's been, I mean, he's been utter pants as of late. But then as I was writing it, and then as I was reading it back, I was like. 
E, I think I've gone the laziest route possible here, which is like just back to the Wyatt family and just going back to this again. I like the Wyatt family stuff and I liked how it, it made Bray feel like a really big deal. Uh, but my criticism of yours is that Braun's, gonna, Braun's got so much momentum. The worst thing you could do was take him off TV for a while, which he did. And then when he comes back, make him someone else's puppet. Because that's yes. the cool thing about Braun, isn't it? It's just like he smashes everything. Well, that's what I want. Unstoppable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You take that unstoppable mm. monster and you you tame that monster, but he's still got that that rage inside of him, and you've got this puppet master there because it, <coughs> it was all building up to Bray being mm. awoken from that spell uh, once again, so he can just. I mean, really, and I didn't mention this in my review because uh, I mean I don't think I'm going to win anyway, but this would have given me almost an automatic loss. <laughs> I was like, I was just sort of writing up my thing. And I was like, and what's great about this is that this sets up the Seth Rollins feud for the Royal Rumble, and then probably Roman for WrestleMania. <laughs> you love Roman at WrestleMania. And then I suddenly thought, I was like, no, if I say that I'm booking Roman in his fifth WrestleMania mm. main event, going after the Universal Championship, that might uh, that might not work in my favor. So I just I thought I'll stop it early. But it is hard to like book anyone against Roman and make it an interesting thing unless he's heel. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's, I mean, that's like my major criticism of my one. It's that I had to turn Roman heel to make anything work. Yeah. Which is a huge crux. Yes, and it's, I mean, actually, that'd be a, a, you know, we've got some podcast uh, Patreon backers who listen to this show. Maybe they want to, like, us to book a Roman Reigns face run, you know, with the title. And, like, oh, and how would you tough. do that? And that is tough. That's very difficult How to, to do. get Roman Reigns actually over as a oh, baby face. You have to turn him heel first. <laughs> That's the only thing I can come up with. You take the rock route. Yeah. I'm just going to turn him heel and then I can turn him baby face yeah. again. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I, th- I think we, I, I really enjoyed yours. I, I re- it was good. Like two thousand storytelling. That was that's kind of I think like that's what where I, I'm at. Yeah, me and Brian Gerwitz, Gerwitz <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I like that fact. I I, I tell you what, I surprised you didn't bring it up, um, because that Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt storyline where Daniel Bryan was brainwashed. Mm. Although I didn't really enjoy the brainwashing side of things, when Daniel Bryan like turns not turns but stands up for himself against Bray. I remember that. It was such a big moment and the crowd was so into it. Yeah. So like uh yeah that's yeah that, that, that shows that it works. Yeah. And then I suddenly thought as I was writing it, well when I, I didn't initially have them winning the tag belts because then I almost forgot that I'd done it and I had mm. to find a way to get that out and I was like, oh I can tie this into the Seth Rollins thing. When I had them win the tag belts, I suddenly was like, huh. Wait, isn't this just a Viper in the family? Isn't this just like as Bray was sort of manipulating <sighs> Randy but Randy was sort of he knew that he was being manipulated and he was actually manipulating Bray. At least I think that's what the story mm. was. Um, and I was, I was running, I was like, ah, oh, damn, I think I'm just doing a storyline that we just did two years ago, you but on should, SmackDown. Rather than Seth Rollins, just make it a heel Roman Reigns <laughs> or a returning CM Punk. Yeah, bring back Brock Lesnar out masked, of the crowd. Masked men. <laughs> Brock Lesnar works. I'm not apologising for that one. But Ties he, in he, with the Roman Reigns. But if he leaves... Yeah, just write, write him off TV for a bit. Oh, but it's... yeah. And then he comes back. Yeah, surprise return. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's do some iTunes reviews before we get out of here, unless you've got any other uh, fantasy booking warfare fun. Uh, no, I don't think I do, unfortunately. Well, that was, of course, voted for by our patrons, suggested 
and voted for by Patreon backers. So head on over there now because we'll be putting the poll for next month's up soon. Yes, well, because if, well, it's if, this month. Yes, if you're a $25 backer uh, or more, you get to suggest the topics for uh, for Fantasy Booking Warfare. And because we've got the poll up at the moment for our Patreon podcast uh, for the Russell Ramble Extra, next week we're going to put up the suggestions and have those up for a couple of days and then we'll put the poll up for the next mm. Fantasy Booking Warfare as voted for by Patreon listeners. Yeah, because we, we don't want to come up with the ideas anymore. No, we're tired of doing that. We're d- but please, no fantasy booking every feud in the invasion for the first year. It's going to take too long. How can we do that in, in 15 minutes? Yeah, I, as I said in the in the Patreon post, I realised that that was more or less my fault. So I was just like, just suggest fantasy booking warfare yeah. ideas. But I, you know, it was my own fault for thinking that people would just sort of see what we've done previously and suggest mm. something similar as opposed to rebook the invasion. Uh, so, Azo Alonso writes in a Roman Reigns theme. Not bad. Not good. Excellent! My first time watching the WrestleTalk News was the episode in which Ollie talked about why Sasha tapped to Charlotte back at Roadblock, end of the line, classic Mm pay-per-view. And ever since then, I've been watching both all the old and new episodes of the news, plus the reviews of Raw, SmackDown and pay-per-views. I'm only 15, which means you've got a lot of time on your hands. Yes, you do. Uh, But yet I know so much about the ins and outs of wrestling, thanks to you guys, What Culture, Cultaholic, Stephen Larson, and Wrestling with Regret. Glad that the Wrestle ramble exists so that i can listen to it on my way to school on my way is abbreviated there to omw oh wow i just that just came out of my head i didn't know that was a thing that i didn't know that was a thing either crikey on, unless he tried to write on my way and and no but the letters are too far apart on my way maybe that's just because you know kids now they text each other when they're on their way to things so we're like mm. oh i'm i'm already at the place we said we meet yeah on my way Maybe I just say OMW. But everything else is perfectly written out. <laughs> Maybe oh. it's just like sometimes, you know, these 15-year-olds. 15-year-olds. Absolutely. On the crowd, he's got to watch every single thing that we've ever produced, which I'm pretty sure is like, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. As well as trying to fit in like the 15 hours of uh, yes. content WWE put out every week. Oh, my Lord. Uh, on the crowded trains and buses in order to keep my sanity. Thanks, Ollie and Luke. You guys rule. Loads of emojis, smiley faces, Swath Nation, push one the Ollie. Thank, Thank you, you Azo Alonso. Alonso. Lovely stuff. Speaking of Stephen Larson, did you see they did a shout out to you? I did indeed. That's nice, That's isn't very it? very nice, yeah. My Steve Austin Hulk Hogan mm. video. Uh, this, so Michael Plays writes, this is a very good podcast. Good day, Luke and Dolly. I have been a fan of WWE since I was a kid, and I never really understood what was going on. It's a work. (laughs) Now that I am an adult, I love that. Although I'm not in the studio with you guys, I do feel like I get information I normally don't get. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Michael Plays. Thanks, Michael Plays. Sounds like Michael Hayes. (laughs) Michael Hayes should start a gaming channel. Yes, called called Michael Michael Plays. Plays. Oh, if only he didn't hate people that played video games. Yeah, you're missing a trick there, Hayes. So uh, we will be back on Wednesday with the Raw and SmackDown uh, reviews, and we'll be revealing who won this little fantasy booking warfare. Oh, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Do you want to? Mm. We don't need that many days, do we? Really? So yes. We'll just do it on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, we'll speak to you then. Love you. Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.